0: Everything I own is covered in paint.
1: Everything I own is covered in failure.
0: (laughs) Jesus, Eric.
1: Howdy, hi, and welcome. You are listening to Fear of a Dork Planet, episode 39. In this episode, I, your humble co-host, Eric, will take you through some movie quickies as... I, your humble host, will take you through some movie quickies as Annie, my humble co-host. What? And uh, (laughs) uh, give our reviews of some of the films that we've been watching over the last month. Um, We've got some Game of Thrones predictions. Yes, we do. uh, Based on nothing other than things I think we would like to see in the show. Pretty much, yeah. Um, So if you don't want Game of Thrones spoiled spoiler alert uh stay off the internet always yeah. and two um listen to this section because if we get even remotely close it's going to be awesome i doubt that we're going to get anywhere near
0: oh hell no probably not but it's fun to think we've about. got our
1: list of characters we want to see dead uh we've got our moments that we think will be cool and hopefully make it into the show although they won't i keep telling annie that the high speed uh Jet ski chase will not happen. Regardless of what Greyjoy brings to the battle, he is not bringing a jet ski army
0: or a penis.
1: <coughs> really, we're five minutes into the show and you're already wrecking. Hasn't <laughs> he he suffered enough? No. Oh I come don't. on! Mm-mm. You're a terrible human being. Good. And I'm looking you right in the eyes when I say that.
0: I don't care. And pointing. Mm-hmm.
1: Vigorously. Gonna,
0: you're gonna pull back a bloody stump.
1: And. In this special episode, I talk about my experience at the Psychic. Um, I don't want to give anything away yet, so you're going to have to listen to the end of the very show, this very show, to hear about my experiences <laughs> with the Psychic. We're not doing too good
0: language-wise, are we?
1: Me not speaking English good. No, me
0: kind of... But um, me feeling,
1: gunk. me feeling speak better than President. Oh, Oh. slam! Political humor. (laughs) That's right. We're really amping up the political humor here this week with our one political joke. Oh, okay. I just made it. All right. Yeah, do you want a political joke? No. All right. Too easy. The world is... (laughs) We're doomed, folks. So enjoy... Pretty much. Fear of a Dark Planet, episode nine. In
0: which we commit suicide. I know it's
1: over. (laughs) I can feel the soil falling over my head. Yes. Oh, God. When in doubt, quote Morrissey. (laughs) I think that there should be small red boxes... Here it is. This is going to be my Banksy-esque thing, right? Mm-hmm. Put these small little glass boxes across the city that say, when in doubt, break glass, and it'll just be Smith's lyrics on the inside of it. <laughs> you know, so people can get really bummed out.
0: I just want to be loved. Right? Just like anybody else.
1: Ask me, ask me, ask me. <laughs> so uh, I went to uh, Shea Mustache last we did, week.
0: And I noticed.
1: And Thank you. <laughs> I started working on uh, what I like to call the Hateful Eight or the Kurt Russell. Mm -hmm. I'm going full Russell this winter and I'm starting now. He also Uh, punched me
0: in the face in the car on the way over and broke my guitar.
1: I did. I did. Um, It had to be done. Mm -hmm. I hate to break this to you. You're not a very good guitarist. Uh, And so my natural reaction in those instances is to break the nose. And smash the guitar there. Yeah, I
0: feel the same way about Morrissey, so right back you. Well, you at broke you. Morrissey's
1: nose and smashed his guitar?
0: I thought about it.
1: You take that right back, No, dirty, horrible person. <laughs> Screw you. So, moral of the story, or the amoral of the story is, um, I went to Shea Moustache. Uh, I saw Dave, who worked on me two years ago. He's now a full-fledged member of the Shea Moustache uh, elite. And a uh, super awesome guy remembered me and did me up to do and so now i'm gonna just keep trimming the small parts and let the big parts grow and the wonderful thing about being single i'm, I'm entering a full year of singulosity uh the best part about it is i can do whatever the hell i want
0: isn't it great ain't nobody care. i know
1: i know it's really <laughs> it's liberating i feel like i am every woman
0: <laughs> yeah believe me i know i'm sitting here with no bra on and no makeup it's great
1: same here <laughs> Same here.
0: You could use a bra.
1: I you know what? I know. I mean, my moobs. <laughs> Look, you it's, just get to a, a certain age thing, and yeah. they start to do, take you know, take on a mind of their own.
0: Gravity is not your friend. Especially Eric.
1: when you've had two cats. It's <laughs> just you know, it's not my friend. Um next weekend is Necronomicon. Yes it is. The biggest HP Lovecraft convention in Providence, Rhode Island. That in happens August. once every two years. Yes. Um, two years ago, we went. We had an awesome time. We did. And this year, you're going, maybe. Maybe. And I'm not going. Right. Because I will be in beautiful Tennessee.
0: <clears throat> I'm very um, sorry.
1: So am I. And I'm not <laughs> going for anything political. I'm visiting family, which is it, politics in its own sense. Um, so that's where I will be. Uh, You, I don't know what the hell you're doing.
0: I don't know what the hell I'm doing either.
1: Last alert, you were prepping some skulls, but you're not sure if you're actually going to be going and shilling them. Right. Okay.
0: Not sure yet. I need more victims.
1: Sounds fair. Sounds fair. Um, Let's move on to a segment that we're going to call movie quickies.
0: I hate the word quickie.
1: Oh, come on. Get in, get out, learn about the movie and walk away. What do you want to call it then?
0: I don't care.
1: Okay. This is Movie DP. Sure. Um, and do you want to start by giving a brief, tell us what movie you saw over the last couple of weeks, uh, a brief synopsis, yeah. and a brief rating of said movie?
0: Well, I ended up watching the big summer movie that you and I were going to go see, but could not due to circumstances. Scheduling problems, yeah, which have been
1: Doodle profound. Life. Yeah.
0: And that was 47 meters down. Yes. The follow-up to last year's Mega Shark Summer movie. Uh,
1: shark girl on a rock.
0: Yes, with the butt.
1: Uh, breeze butt on a yeah. rock. Mm-hmm. Um, with
0: a seagull. So anyway, forty-seven <laughs> meters come down. On, what was
1: that film called? Uh, Shallows. The Shallows. The Shallows. What
0: we do in the Shallows. Yes. <laughs> but no, I saw Forty Seven Meters Down. Yeah. And it's a lovely summertime romp. About a very friendly school of sharks yeah. and the two bitches who don't want anything to do with them.
1: Son of a gun. I know. You know, and, and they're probably what they call basic, right? Like yeah. latte drinking. Pretty much, th- yeah. Pinky in the air. You one's know. blonde,
0: one's brunette. You of guess course. The brunette wins. The yeah, yeah,
1: of course. And, uh, and the sharks just want to be friends. Yeah. They just want to cuddle up close, get to know them. Failure ensues. You know, they
0: basically come into the ocean, into the shark's house, as it were. Yeah. Very rude. You know, nothing Mm. nice to say. Just, ew, get away from me. Ew. Yes. Yeah, so.
1: I I did not see it.
0: You didn't miss a thing.
1: I've heard some good things about it. I've heard some bad things about it. I take them both, and there I have. I reviewed it on
0: my blog. Okay. Yeah.
1: So if you want to know more about Annie's views on 47 Meters Down, go to the Swallowing Black Stars blog, and you can read all about it. Now, I saw John Wick 2, and it was Wicktacular. So in John Wick 1, John Wick plays the grieving widower uh, who used to be a
0: John Wick is a grieving widower?
1: He, he, John Wick is a grieving widower, and he is very sad. Um, his wife has passed. Oh, and no. And, yes, it was terrible. Um, she is very dead. And so in, in he is very sad. He sits around his room a lot and, and, and wise, cries. Mm-hmm. And so in his crying, um, he has a puppy, and then some assassins come and kill the puppy. Oh. And so the film is basically him avenging the death of his puppy. I don't want to see it. Um... John Wick 2 is about him avenging his car.
0: (coughs) He couldn't move on to a parakeet or something?
1: No, 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 no. The two most important things in his life were, after his wife died, of course, uh, his dog and his car. So they killed his dog in the first one, and they took his car in the second one. And then there's a plot, I'm sure, and it involves a lot of badass people doing a lot of badass things. Does he know Kung Fu? Oh, he knows all Fu. Mm. Um, He knows Keon Fu. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know what? I don't hate on Keanu Reeves. I mean, yes, he is a tool. Like, there are some, but I think the tool stuff behind him is behind him. You know, I think the very stuff he was doing, like My Own Private Idaho and his failed version of Hamlet. I can't blame him for that.
0: He did a version of Hamlet? We've
1: talked about this on the show. Yeah, he got up and on bought so, so oh, yeah, his tickets, right. got up there and was like, I don't know what I'm doing, and then got off stage. To be, dude. I am a prince.
0: <laughs> I forgot about that.
1: Yeah. The readiness is all. <laughs> um, so I think that... But I like later stage Keanu. I think he's great in John Wick. And he is in a series, a mini-series called Swedish Dicks, uh-huh. which has the bad guy from Fargo, the t- the movie Fargo.
0: Oh yeah, the guy he was in. He uh, was Constantine in Park
1: 2 and. Um, I and forget Keanu his Reeves name. was
0: in. I don't remember his name either, but I know who you're talking okay. about.
1: Okay. Well, he's he's he plays the bad guy at the beginning of John Wick Two. He always plays the bad guy. And he's awesome. I he mean, is he's awesome. Great, but he has his own show called Swedish Dicks, in which he plays a terrible um, private eye. Oh, and so Keanu it's not Reeves about is, actual dicks. No. Damn. No, see that's the the thing. It lures you, and you're like, ooh, dirty. And then well, it's I know not. there's
0: a penis museum in Sweden.
1: Well. Huh. <laughs> that neat.
0: <laughs> or is it Norway? It's one of those. Anyway.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a that's a very Swedish thing, Yo Olaf. What should we put on display? Well, we have all these penises. How did we get all the penises? We'll put them on display. I don't know what accent that was supposed to be, but it certainly was not Swedish. It
0: sounded Nebraska.
1: Yeah, it did. Um, so that was John Wick Two, Wicktacular, spectacular. Okay. So it's your turn now to tell me about a film that you saw recently that you enjoyed.
0: Uh, let's see. I saw a pretty good horror movie out of Turkey called Baskin. No, not that kind of turkey. It like, didn't come out okay. of a turkey. It's not like giblets.
1: So like Baskin, like I was basking in the sun?
0: Sure. Why okay. not? Uh, Baskin apparently means raid, R-A-I-D. Mm-hmm. Um, not really sure what raid has to do with this movie because it was actually about a bunch of guys who
1: are raid stuck something.
0: in like a... No, they're stuck in like a... I probably shouldn't say that because that's going to ruin the film. Oh, screw it. Nobody's going to watch it. Um, they're stuck in like it's that. It's about a
1: sled, and it's actually a metaphor for a lost childhood.
0: Anyway, they are in hell, and they're, they can't get out. They keep reliving the same thing over and they over They just again. keep
1: basking in it.
0: Well, they started out losing their virginity to chickens, and uh, then, yeah, there's a whole chicken huh. fucking scene. Wow. Talking about Not losing their virginity to chickens. Certainly
1: something I expected to hear about today.
0: Well, at least you don't see it.
1: Yes, thank God I don't see it.
0: But you do see other horrible things in this movie. It's very, very graphic.
1: Did you ever see Jim Jarmusch's Night on Earth? No. Um, I forget the name of the comedian. I used to know it. He was in a film called Johnny Staccato. He was in um, the prison camp movie. Is this Auschwitz... leading
0: up to a chicken sex scene?
1: No, there's a moment thank in God. Night on Earth where he's got a blind priest and he decides to give confession and it's about how he had sex with a, a lamb and then the lamb got eaten and he couldn't eat the lamb and suddenly like now he can't eat any meat But like he remembers how much the lamb liked vegetables and so he doesn't eat any vegetables and like how this one act of pure love with an animal has reduced him to just smoking cigarettes and that's all he can consume now uh, and the priest ends up hearing it all and having a massive coronary and dying. <laughs>
0: Does he eat the priest? <laughs> it's no, he
1: does not. Um I forget the comedian's name. He's an Italian comedian. Uh and he's in a film called Johnny Stakino, Johnny Toothpick. Uh where he plays opposite himself. He's really good. Okay. But anyway, um so Baskin.
0: Mm-hmm. Very gory, not for the faint of heart.
1: Yeah, no. I, I think right there with chicken fucking it's pretty much well, it's not like they actually the show
0: it, but there there's a lot of really disturbing really stuff going on. I just want to think about the physics
1: on. of that, though. Like, that's awful. Yeah. Okay. That
0: would pretty much kill the chicken. I uh, yeah. Anyway, on to the next one. Yeah.
1: Um, I saw Free Fire in which arms dealers and IRA activists, IRA soldiers, mm-hmm. um, go to buy some M-16s and a fight in a pub the night before spoils the mood. And so it it's an all-out shootout between the three sides um which are, you know, the the IRA gunmen, the sellers, and then these two kids who screwed everything up. And what I love about it is there is a good 10 minutes of the film where it's just gunfire, there's no background music. Nice. And from what I understand about people who have been in combat or people who have been shot at and stuff, you know, it's not the bravado obviously that you see in films. So this film tries to utilize some of that fear. And so it's a lot of people hiding behind rocks that are only like an inch off the ground, firing blindly at each other and just shooting at anything they see, including their people on their own side. And it's just a whole room full of people who are panicking wildly and shooting everything. it is intense it's hilarious it's set in the like late 1970s so it's got that kind of cool mm-hmm. and of course you know they it, it's all in this factory and silly and Murphy is in it and the setup is you know what kind of factory is this and someone says well whatever it is no one's buying it anymore and the punchline of the film spoiler alert come back in 15 seconds is that the it used to sell umbrellas protection, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of like the subtle punchline. But the film is a blast. It's a lot, a lot of fun.
0: No pun intended. And
1: uh, it's a good rental.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: not a film that you're going to pour over for the rest of your life and really analyze. But it's enjoyable nonetheless. Yeah. So, yeah, it was free fire. What do you got?
0: Um, well... The last movie I sat down to watch, because I obviously hate myself, was uh, Ouija, Origin of Evil. Yes. God, that what a piece of crap. I actually started out watching Tom Cruise's remake of The Mummy, and that was so bad, I switched over to Ouija.
1: Yeah, I did not... I thought The Mummy looked terrible from it's, the ads. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was terrible... All the way through, but it got beaten in the theaters.
0: I only watched like 40 minutes, and I was like, "I'm out. I can't do this anymore." So I switched over to Ouija which is I knew was going to be awful. So I really have no one to blame but myself. Yeah, but yeah, it's abysmal. Just
1: really. What's the plot? Does it need one? Some Uh, kids find a Ouija board. No, it's like in the
0: late 60s. This uh, widowed mom and her two daughters are trying to make a living by scamming people. You know, like holding seances in the parlor. And the older daughter says, oh, why don't we use a Ouija board? You know, because back then you could go to JCPenney and buy one in the toy department. Well, yeah,
1: you, uh, Parker Brothers used yeah. to put them out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember going to Toys R Us and buying Oh, one. yeah. Yeah.
0: So they do that and shit gets real and possessy stuff and blah, 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 blah.
1: Yeah. It's crap. We had a poltergeist, but it just um, vacuumed our floors consecutively.
0: I think that was your mom.
1: Oh, my God. Wait a second. <laughs> This poltergeist also went to work at 7 o'clock in the morning.
0: And told you to stop picking your nose.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, my house was haunted by my mom. <laughs> I think you're exactly right there. I wow, makes there's so many questions. So this ghost also drove me to soccer practice. Yeah. yeah? okay. And, wow, handed out candy at Halloween.
0: <laughs> Preset So costume.
1: many things.
0: All the things.
1: Yeah. Uh, and the last one I want to talk about. I just watched last night Female Blood Sport,"
0: Which is a terrible title.
1: <laughs> no, it really sounds like... An
0: educational film where all the girls have to go to the gymnasium <laughs> while all the boys go to the other room and watch Blood on the <laughs> Highway or whatever.
1: All the boys will come over here and, and it'll be 10 ways to not touch yourself. Women, <laughs> you're watching Female Blood Bloodsport. Um, it is a remake of, what? of the JCVD Bloodsport. Okay. It is not good. Um, the premise is that two awesome Kumite fighters have tied. So in order to fight in the Kumite, you either die or you get knocked out of the ring.
0: Oh, so it's battle royale.
1: Yeah, but this goes back to the 80s. It's okay. that same kind of premise. battle to the, you know, Fight to the death. Two men enter, one man leave mm-hmm. kind of thing. And as they're fighting... They both knock each other out at the same time, doing the same move. And the judges are like, you guys have been fighting all day. It's a tie. Here's the money. And one of them says, I don't want the money. I want my pride. So the judges say, okay, fine. You guys have five years to find a student, train them with everything you know, and have them fight each other for your victory. Mm -hmm. Which actually, I think, is a cool idea, right? Like, you two are equal. Now it comes down to how well you can teach. Now it comes to how well you can train somebody in your art. Yeah. Like, we're not going to keep having you two fight because you're going to keep tying and then it's just going to be awful. Uh, And so I really liked that concept. So then they, you know, you meet various candidates uh, and it's, you know, a girl from America comes over to Hong Kong to fight in the Kumite to find out what happened to her father and then a street urchin um, girl goes to rob from one of them.
0: So they and both pick a girl.
1: So they both pick a girl. Both of them are kind of badass. You kind of like both of them. I mean, it's not like, like there was a point in the film where I was like, I don't know which one I want to win.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, one of the women is dressed in all black. Her style is very aggressive. And the other one is dressed in white. It's yin and yang. Yeah. Right. So they're always going to be matched because they are part of the same circle. Right. And what I like about it is the bad guy, the one that they're setting up to be the black, you know, the one dressed in black and the villain. At one point, her ward comes to the realization. She's like, wait, you don't fight from hate. And she turns to her and she says, no, you never hate. I'm just love that's been poisoned. And I was like, oh, oh." (laughs) like now it's even harder because the bad guy's not really a bad guy. They just know that they've fallen too far to, to do anything. Right. And I was just like really blown away by some of the simple spirituality of the movie. Mm-hmm. The acting is atrocious. <laughs> um, the fighting is amazing. They. In the first blood sport, um, they got kind of like the one villain that nobody can beat. And it's brutal man like she fights to the death she punches one girl like knocks her out everyone's cheering her victory and then she straddles the girl and proceeds to punch her face into the mat until it's just a bloody pulp mess Jesus and then later on in the film she's fighting a girl spoiler alert give you 15 seconds uh and the girl is awake enough and she's trying to crawl out of the mat and she grabs her by the leg drags her back to the center and slits her throat. And I was like, damn, those were two likable characters that they just mushed into paint. But because they've killed, you know, three of, there's three likable characters who all get myrtle it was like, oh, this film, I'm not really sure where this is going now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and of course, you know, it's got its ending, but uh, I was really impressed at, as a film. I thought that if it had been better acted, like at one point, there's a bad guy who is like, you know i'm going to kill myself i'd rather you know and they literally talk him out of it and at the end he's like shucks i did a terrible thing <laughs> and that was kind of a bummer
0: yeah um that's the moment. but that's the just
1: ending. that's just poor directing you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so now you want to talk a little bit about that was supposed to be my game of thrones
0: that was really bad
1: i don't know what that was that's not even what Game of Thrones sounds like, is No,
0: it? not at all. Yeah. No, did you <clears> ever hear
1: <throat> uh... a... <laughs> <sighs> right?
0: No. How does it go? <clears throat> Remember?
1: <laughs> Do it again? No. <clears throat> <pelled> <clears throat> <clears throat> <mumbles> or like the girl who <clears> throat> throat>
0: plays Aria says, Death and boobies, death them boobies.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Those are her lyrics. That's pretty much how I would
1: sum it up. Yeah. Um, So if you've been following this season, Congratulations. If you haven't, you're not really going to get anything spoiled because we're not going to talk about the episodes. We're just going to give our wackadoodle predictions of the last three episodes of this season. Which are based into on nothing
0: and will probably not come to fruition.
1: Exactly. Do you have a first prediction that you would like to give?
0: Uh, well, obviously, I think Jamie is going to kill Cersei.
1: Okay. I'm with you on that.
0: That's an obvious. Yep. I also think Sansa's gonna eat it at some point because she has nothing to offer.
1: Okay. So Sansa is your major character who is going to die. Yes. All right. Let's not split those two things. Let's try to keep those two things separate right now. All right. So your prediction is that Jamie Lannister is going to kill Cersei Lannister. Yes. Okay. Mine is that two of the three dragons will die very dramatically. Right, We've already seen one of them get injured,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I think two of them are going to get murdered, killed, right? And then Drogo, who's Drogon. the most powerful, Drogon, who's the powerful one, who's uncontrollable, right? Is They're going to basically tape Bran to its neck because they're going to say, Cersei, you can't go out there. It's too dangerous. Right, If you get shot down, all is lost. Daenerys. Daenerys, I know some of the characters' names. Back (laughs) off. Um, So you can't go out there. It's too dangerous. Right? She's going to go, what are we going to do? And then they're going to look at the emo crippled kid sitting in the corner. That was really nasty, but I hate Bran that much. (laughs) Um, They're going to be like, you know what? What if? And then the next scene is just going to be him tied to the neck of Drogon. And he's going to three-eye crow Drogon. Because Drogon, right, why don't they just leave him by the tree and have him jump into Drogon's head? Drogon's too powerful to have anybody in his head. You think so? Yeah. Okay. And then I also think that the Red Queen is going to come back and be like, I got eggs.
0: You mean the Red Witch?
1: Yeah. And I think she's going to come back with more eggs. Really? Yep. Okay. When all seems lost, you'll get three new dragons or something like that.
0: She's got to die, too, though.
1: Oh, well, she... Well, but... Yes. She's a minor character. She will die. Okay. Littlefinger? Dead.
0: Oh, definitely. I think Arya's going to kill him.
1: Yeah. Is is he on her list? No. Okay. I was trying to figure out if he was on her list, but I can not No, I actually remember.
0: Googled her list to check, because yeah. I couldn't remember.
1: I was watching, and I was like, oh, wait. I was hoping that this season would have started every episode with her killing somebody on the list. I
0: know, right? <laughs>
1: I was like, how awesome would that be before every credit if she just appeared somewhere and murdered them? <laughs> you know? Um, I think I want Jamie to die. I'm thinking of all the major players. Cersei's going to die, obviously. But now we're getting into this weird realm of he hasn't written the books yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Martin hasn't written the books yet. So he can still, when the show's over, rewrite everything if he wanted to. Right. And I know he said, I really like the direction of this, and this is kind of like the plan I had. But nobody's going to buy the books otherwise. Right. So he's got to have a separate vision from what's going on, meaning the show can take risks. But I also think the show is doing a lot of fan service stuff now. And now that we're down to the characters that people love, I don't think it's going to have enough balls to, to really kill them off. I think it's going to kill the side characters, right? You're going to see the mountain get killed, and people are going to go, yay! The and, hound will kill him. Yep. Yeah. And you're going to see a lot of the things people want to see. But man, how cool would it be if Hot Pie ended up winning the whole Game of Thrones? <laughs> like, pretty soon it was just Hot Pie. Like, hello, I've come to deliver some delicious meat pies. <laughs> and, like, it's empty, and he just sits down, and the credits roll.
0: That would be pretty awesome. I would, I would not feel ripped off at all by that ending.
1: Right. It's just hot pie sitting and like wolfing down, and the you know.
0: (laughs) That'd be cool. So Tyrion could be his hand.
1: I admit that Tyrion will have to live.
0: Yeah, he's got to. And I think there's probably more to him than we think too. Didn't they suggest at one point in the books that he's a Targaryen as well?
1: Oh, I don't think so. Oh, I thought they did. I don't remember. There's so oh, much no, shoved into those mind. books and I read them all so long ago. Um I mean Cersei's obviously gotta die. Um can we take a moment and talk about her wig?
0: It's awful, isn't it? it,
1: it that alright, if you haven't watched the season, come back in sixty seconds. In the scene where she is torturing the two sand snakes, right? I could not take that scene anywhere remotely close to Sirius because of how bad her wig is. <laughs> and it's it's Lena Headley, like I think if you had said to her, Can you shave your head?
0: She probably She would probably have.
1: would have. Um, so welcome back. Anyway, I just <laughs> think that, that that wig is atrocious. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's probably bad. one of the worst wigs in all of television history. Um So either she's got to take it off at some point and reveal that it's fake. I mean, there's a TV show called Arrow, right? And Arrow did a thing where um, the main character, when we first meet him, is wearing a wig that is, from first season, embarrassing. I mean, it's terrible. It's, It's equally as bad, if not worse. Well, this is season five that they just finished, and they just totally explained why his hair looks like a wig. And it was, you know what? Yeah, you, I mean, you scoff at it and you're like, you know, a little bit of an eye roll. But it was what I needed. You know, it was like, all right, cool, at least you guys acknowledge. I
0: feel better now. You explain the wig.
1: Yeah, exactly. You acknowledge that he'd even looked crap and stupid. Uh, and so that was pretty awesome.
0: Why can't she just get extensions? I mean, and that, she can afford it.
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking with that wig. It's, it's god-awful. It's terrible. Um, And I think that... What else do we have? Uh, So major characters. Obviously, um, the guy who helps train Jamie in one-handed sword fighting. Braun? I think he's going to live.
0: I would like to see him live. Because
1: he's sleazy enough.
0: I was just so torn. I needed him
1: to die. If he hasn't died yet, he's not going to die.
0: I was so torn during the last episode. I was like, I want to root for him, but I can't because I love the dragon, but I also love him.
1: Yeah. The Onion Knight, I know he's probably going to have to die.
0: That's a shame. But what really, what does he have to live for now?
1: But he's my all-time favorite character in the entire series. I absolutely 100 I like the actor from Dog Soldiers. I like... He was in Dog Soldiers? Yeah, he was in Dog Soldiers.
0: I don't remember yep. that. I'm going to have to watch that movie again.
1: And I like him... I like the character as it appears in the books. I think it's a badass character. It's one of the more underrated ones. And I like the fact that even, even though he was made to like cut off his own fingers and he wears them around his neck in an act of defiance, he still speaks his mind. Yeah. He's like, what else are you going to take from me? I know. <laughs> you know, like, I've been punished. I'll be punished again. And so I'm going to use this time to speak honestly. And I think he's the perfect, no pun intended, hand for Jon Snow. Mm-hmm. So... So of the major players. Yes. Daenerys, Jon Snow, Arya, and get a fourth in there.
0: Uh, well, I guess that would be Cersei.
1: Cersei. Cersei's obviously going to die. Do you think Jon or Daenerys are in for it?
0: Uh of the two, I think it would be Daenerys.
1: Yeah. I think so too, and I think the actress would be okay with that. Probably. I mean, we've already seen Jon Snow wink, die. Right, yeah. But I I, I do believe that we're going to see Bran duct taped to the side of the dragon, and he's going to fly over um, the White Walkers and just exterminate them. What
0: are they going to do, stop by a Home Depot in Westeros and pick up some duct tape?
1: Yes. I had originally thought they would nail him to Drogo. <laughs> But there would be all kinds of problems with um, that. Yeah. I don't really think Drogo would mind or like being nailed to a kid.
0: No, I don't think Or have think a
1: kid so. nailed to him.
0: Whichever. So what do you think? They're just going like to use a couple t- pieces and tape them down by the wrist, Or are they actually going to go the whole roll around Drogon's belly? Over? Oh my
1: god, yes. The whole roll right around <laughs> Drogon's belly. Um, it's going to be like never-ending story with just this little kid's head popping out. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: no, they'll they'll invent...
1: You know, they invented the wheelchair. So they'll make a dragon saddle. So they'll make a dragon saddle. Okay. But The other two dragons, dead. Why? Because her brothers are both dead. And so it'll connect to them spiritually. And Drogon is the spirit of the Dothraki. He's mm-hmm. the spirit of her husband and everything that has made her. And that's why he has to live.
0: Okay. So I'll allow it.
1: That's what I think. And the White sure. Walkers don't have a scorpion, so... Right. They're just going to be like, ooga-booga, ooga-booga, and he's going to fly over and zap yep. them all.
0: They're pretty much toast. I really don't know what's taking them so long to take over Westeros.
1: They stop a lot. Like People don't know this about the undead. Terrible bladders. Every time. It is really climb. It's like... Rrr. And then the leader's like... I Hold I on. I asked you if you needed to go before we <laughs> left. And then one of them's like, I have to go... <laughs> And then they go another mile, and another one's like... They've been walking towards
0: the wall for like seven years now.
1: How long does it take? Jeez. Time in this show is awful. (laughs) It's like, it'll take us three weeks to get to the wall. Unless we need to get to the bottom of the island tomorrow, and then we're there. Yeah. I also think that the White Walkers, just zombie physics, they're all frozen. So they're probably not moving at any kind of clip. And they don't have to worry about it. Winter's there. They've got all the time in the world. I was just going to say, wouldn't
0: couldn't they just wait for like the spring thaw, and then I realize their seasons are like 10 years long, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Nick's that idea.
1: So, um, And so the last thing I think we were going to talk about was my visit to the Psychic. To the Psychic. Yeah. So a little bit of background. I called her, um, and I said, hey... My name is Eric. Didn't give a last name. Said, I would like to make an appointment. And she said, yes, I know. And she said, sure, <laughs> come in next week. And I came in and she said, I wrote down your appointment for the wrong day. And a lot of people out there are like, "Uh, oh, then how kind of good psychic she is? is she? <laughs> but I think that, honestly, that she's such in one realm that she's not in the re- this realm. You okay. know, that her mind is So on you're a other believer things. now. Not a believer because nothing has really come... fruition but I will say that there are a lot of coincidences that immediately lined up enough so that I told Linda and I told my buddy Michael both are cynics Linda's about on par with me right my buddy Michael flat out there is no god there is no ghosts there are no bump in the night there's no cryptozoological creatures this is mankind this is what you got. And when you die, lights out.
0: And oh, I know no, that's straight not. straight
1: up cynic. So I told him about my experience, and he was like, immediately, he's like, what's her number? I need to call her. <laughs> um, so yeah, he I think cynics, like you a, guys, just really want proof. Well, I think that he wants to be the control. He wants to go in and have her say everything mm-hmm. and then have it not come true. Right. And so he can be like, see, I don't need proof as much as I'm afraid that some of the things she says might come true, right? So I'm more afraid of knowing, like if somebody popped up, like a little genie or skin and was like, I can tell you about your future, I'd be like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Because I would be scared to death to know about my future because I would it would cripple me. I would not be able to progress because my fear would be if it was a bad thing, everything I'd do would lead to that bad thing. Like even if I tried to avoid it, it would still be the step in that direction. Right. And if it was a good thing, if, if the Rumpelstiltskin was like, you know, you're gonna have a million dollars in a week. All you have to do is do this. Right. In doing so, I would be so afraid that I would screw that up that <laughs> I would just end up sitting on my couch and probably starving to death. Like I would, <laughs> too much information. So I went on the right day. And she did my astrology and she said, uh, You know, when's your birthday? And I gave it to her and she said, Okay, you are like 1% Aquarius, a one degree Aquarius, which immediately sounded like a cult thing to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you are one degree Theta alien and all you have to give me is $20,000 and you can ascend. Uh, but I, I listened to her. I wasn't nearly that cynical. So I, I, I listened to her and she's like, Well, you know, they redid these astrological charts years ago because of the way that the, the time actually works and the way the Earth actually works versus what they used to think when it was based on the other thing. So she said, you are, your day is Aquarius and your night is Capricorn. And as somebody pointed out to me, uh, of course it's Capricorn because it's goats. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, it's that whole goat, mountain goat thing. Um But anyway... Once you start looking at these connections, it's just completely overwhelming.
0: And here I have to interrupt.
1: Yeah, by all means.
0: Was there a crystal ball? No. Okay, told you so. Was she dressed in, like, robes and turbans? No,
1: she was dressed in, like, white pants and a pink top. Told ya! Am- <laughs> amazingly, like... Normal. Like, she, yeah, like, she had just left Whole Foods, mm-hmm. you know? Um. So she did my star charts, and she was like, okay, Pluto is coming into orbit or whatever it is, and this is a time of great change, and it's going to be from around September to February. Um, and there's going to be a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, and a lot of it is not good or bad. It's just decision-based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you can choose not to do this, or you can choose to do this. And and that made me feel like without knowing it, she had kind of put me at ease. So she starts with... Um, that this happens once every 20 years. And so I got to thinking, like, oh my God, 20 years ago, my dad got sick, I moved home, I had a wife who then left me, I got a job teaching, like, all of these major life changes happened almost 20 years ago Mm -hmm. this year. I was 97, I think it was like beginning of 98 that I moved home. So, well within that Pluto... Range, right? So screw your dwarf dwarf planets. Pluto's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was me giving gang ups to the dwarf planet Pluto. Dwarf planet Pluto. If you're listening,
0: hi. Oh God.
1: Anyway, um. So she then did like uh, one set of tarot cards, and I had to draw, and that was pretty much like my history, where I've been. And so the layout of that was, you know, she... Now, yes, the easy answer is she looked you up online. But I've been on a three-month disconnected hiatus from Facebook. My Facebook has been shut down. I did not give my last name. My Instagram account is locked so that you can't access it, right? You have to, like, friend request me. Otherwise, you can't see anything. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So the personal stuff that she would have known has been blocked from public access. Not because I knew I was going, but because of other things. Right. So I decided, you know, so I was like, okay, I'm going to give her the grain of salt. Maybe she asked people, but again, she didn't have my last name when I booked this appointment. So she didn't, it's not like there's only one Eric in Rhode Island. Right. And I didn't spell it. So naturally she probably would have gone with an E-R-I-C and that's Mm -hmm. what she would have followed. But a lot of the stuff that she was saying was like right freaking on the money. And so... She was talking about, like, you have an estranged relative who you are going to be taking a car trip with. A, a journey, she used the word. And I was like, no, not really. Um, and at the end of the appointment, it hit me. Yeah, I've just made plans with my cousin Stacy to drive 15 hours to Tennessee. <laughs> Last time I saw Stacy was at my mother's funeral two and a half years ago. And before that, it was probably another two years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's not a strange per se, but it's certainly not like we're on the buddy system. Right,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, and Stacy is like my number one. I mean, she's my blueprint. And I've talked about her before on, on, on the show a little bit, but she's the reason I got into punk. She's the reason I got into Sabbath. She's the reason I got into D&D and X-Men comics and all of this crazy stuff. Not something she would have known, right? So then she talked a little bit about my mom, and she's like, you know, I see a lot of confusion. I see a lot of chaos. I see something's on going on with her head, something. And I was like, yeah, she died of an aneurysm brought on by rapid body onset, Louis Louis body dementia, rapid Louis body onset dementia. And uh, and she's like, you know, I didn't say that right away. I let her have that. And she's like, I feel like you've taken over the role. I feel like you've taken over for your mother in a lot of ways. Oh yeah. And that you've you've picked up a lot of what she was doing, for better or for worse. And I was like, thinking to myself, well, yeah, I, now my dad's primary caregiver. I'm the one in charge of all this stuff. So could she have looked up online? Of course she could have. Could she have done a million other things? Of course she could have. But it was the other stuff when she was like doing the Aquarius Capricorn. She's like, you know, you love the Capricorn part says that you love rules. You love structure. You love things to go a very specific way according to plan. Um... The Aquarius side eschews all of that and you're like, forget it. Uh, The Capricorn part of you um, likes people, likes being in charge. The Aquarian part of you, maybe I have these two backwards, wants to be alone and removed from everything. Mm -hmm. And there was just too much weird stuff. Well, anyway, make a boring story long. I then went out afterwards and there were all of these like, strange coincidences that just started popping up, like going to the store and finding you know, a, a sale on a specific item that she had mentioned in the session. Um, there was an album by Van Morrison called Astral Weeks, which I had been looking for, and I didn't want to pay used prices for, and none of the shops around had it. And I could have done a million things to buy it, but I wanted to find it in the wild. Well, that day, the reissue, which I had no idea, the reissue had come out. And so there it was on display as I walked into the record store right there in front. (laughs) Um, I have a huge thing for puffer fishes. And that afternoon, Trader Vic's launched their awesome fall tiki mug, which happened to be a puffer fish. And then I hit order. And lo and behold, I was one of the first however many people to pick up my order of it. Mm -hmm. And it was just... And then I go home and I put on a Smith's record and one of the lines is, you know, from, you know, a song, I cannot remember the name of it. Oh, mother, I can feel the soil falling over my head. Yeah. Well, the beginning of that line is it's been 20 years, five months. And I was like, <laughs> oh, come on. All right. This is ridiculous <laughs> now. Uh, should have played the lottery on hindsight. But uh, yeah, duh. Um, but it was just all of these weird coincidences. And yeah, I mean, it's just coincidence in a lot of ways. But sometimes there's too much of it, and you just can't ignore it.
0: If coincidences are just coincidences, why do they feel so contrived?
1: Or coincidental.
0: <laughs> That's an X-Files reference. Oh, is it really?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely feel myself more of a Mulder now than a Scully. <laughs> um, although I wouldn't mind feeling Scully.
0: Hey-oh! Oh, God.
1: Um, That went right off the charts. I might have to edit that out. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that was... I was I was pretty excited about my psychic visit, well, and good. like I said,
0: told you. So. You said
1: you wanted to go to her now. Linda is gonna go to her. My buddy Michael is like booking his ticket right now. Um, my sister even wants to go because I told my sister this, and she's like, "Wouldn't that be amazing if I got a similar reading?"
0: She should not tell her
1: right, and yeah. she's gonna use her, her maiden name, so I'm not gonna mention her name at all. She's going to use uh, her married name, excuse me, and book the appointment and see what comes up. Oh, i got to hear what happens. I know. I'm so (laughs) excited. Um, You know, if anything, if anything, at the very least, there's a little bit of hope. You know, some of the stuff she said was very exciting. And she's like, you know, you're going to start a new venture in September, something that is a, a kind of like a hobby that you're, you're, you're creating, and it's going to launch in September, and it's going to be very successful. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm launching a brand new podcast in September, but I'm also going back to school. And so mm-hmm. it would be nice to think that school will be successful again. But anyway, it was just really amazing. She told me things I kind of wanted to hear. Yeah. And even that just gave me enough hope because, I, I mean as someone who suffers like yourself from depression, sometimes there's just no hope. I mean, sometimes you, you look at like you go to bed at night and you're just like, oh, okay, if I wake up tomorrow, whatever. Yeah. And and it's a hard thing to grab yourself by the nape of the neck and rip yourself out of bed.
0: Yeah. And it's a hard so. thing.
1: It's one of the reasons I, I love routine, one of the reasons I make rules for myself is so that it's kind of my litmus test. If I can do these things, I'm alive. You know, people are like, well, why do you go and do, you know, 100 push-ups, 100 pull-ups, and then run two miles? So I know that I'm alive. You know, at the end of it, I'm exhausted. I smell. I'm sore. I can't move. But you feel human. But, but I'm there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like 10 minutes where I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be dead. Yeah. Um, and that, to me, some of the stuff she said has given me hope. And given me, at least until February, something to be look out for. And to be like, is this really happening? Now, some of the people who pushed me there, the lovely folks at the Nook Coffee House in East Greenwich, Rhode Island, the Nook Coffee House in East Greenwich, Rhode Island, voted the coziest shopping, voted, voted the coziest coffee house. Wow. I'll do that again. Ready? <clears throat> the lovely folks at the Nook Coffee House, the Nook Coffee House on Main Street, East Greenwich, voted Rhode Island's coziest coffee shop. Um,
0: Are we getting kickback for that?
1: I'm I'm sure Shannon will give me a free coffee.
0: What about me? Can I have a biscotti?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, So, have said like things happened, you know, she predicted things, or at least things that she said came to fruition, but the time frame was a little off. Mm -hmm. They're like, one, she's wicked flighty. Uh, So don't expect her to be like on point. And they're like, two, her time frame seems to be a little, you know, skewed. Mm-hmm. Like one, one of them, well, Shannon, who, who opened the Nook, I think it was predicted that she would, like she was in her old job. And the woman was like, you know, this job, the job that you're currently in doesn't do anything for you. Eventually, you'll break away and start your own thing. And a year later, she's running her own coffee shop. Now, maybe that was the impetus Shannon needed. Maybe it just was coincidal. Manifest destiny. However, you want to dismiss it. Right. But what it did for Shannon and it's doing for me is there's a little bit of almost takes the pressure off me having to make a decision.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. It's nice. Yeah, yeah it's like something will come. Up,
1: something will come out in September and be successful. Well, it gives me excitement for the beginning of the school year. This will be the thing. If it's cut by cut, the new podcast that I'm putting out. Like, all right, maybe I'll edit it a little heavier maybe I'll try to do something different that I haven't done in the other podcasts that I've done or am doing Um, so there's a little bit of real positive push
0: you have a reason to get out of bed in the morning
1: yeah 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 more than just this is the things I have to check off my list right Uh, and so I'm looking forward to that
0: I think I need to go see her
1: I would it's expensive I will pay for half if you want to go
0: Maybe for my birthday. When's your birthday? March.
1: That's a long way away, Annie.
0: Yeah.
1: Let's get you in sooner. I'll think about it. All right. All
0: right.
1: <laughs> if you would like to help Annie go see at no, the Psychic... please. No. Please send yeah. cash to Annie. Do
0: not send cash. Care of Rhode Island.
1: No. Yes. No. S- send well-hitting cash in an envelope. Just simply marked Annie, Rhode Island. And I promise you... You will have thrown money in an envelope and sent it to Rhode Island. Yeah. Um.
0: <laughs> I cannot take money from people, and I probably will refuse your offer to pay half. All
1: right. Well, that's because you're you. Maybe I'll get it for you for Christmas. We'll see. You give the gift of psychics. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. <laughs> pulling back the veil of oh, reality. Oh, my God.
0: That was horrible. <sighs> I was really hoping for a DVD copy of *The Void*.
1: If you have a copy of the DVD, <laughs> a Blu-ray copy of *The Void* that you would like to send Annie, I will put it in an envelope own... marked Annie and send it to Rhode Island, Annie, care of Rhode Island. Go to hell. <laughs> Me or the our, our listener? Uh, whoever. Yeah, listener, <laughs> she wasn't talking to you. It's okay. No, 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 no. It's all right. It's it. No, she she sometimes snaps like that. It's okay. Only when don't, you're around. I I know. I bring out the best of you. Yeah. Well, it's about that time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We are rounding out the hour. I have talked about my time with psychics. We've talked about our movie quickies. Uh, we talked about our predictions for Games of Thrones. We used to have questions, uh, esoteric questions that we would ask ourselves, but I don't have anything prepped for this week. So I will simply ask you, do you like the beard? Yeah, I do. If you like the beard, I recommend going to Shea Moustache in Providence, Rhode Island. That's (laughs) Shea Moustache in Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah, that's right. I am desperately attempting to seek some kind of, like... Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, but I do, like... I can tell that you went somewhere and had it professionally done. Yeah. Because God knows you couldn't do that by yourself. No,
1: no, no, no. I'm afraid to touch it. (laughs) Like, part of the reason why it's grown out...
0: Do you like wrap your head in like plastic saran wrap or something when you go to bed at night?
1: Yeah, but that's a totally different reason. Um, oh. That's like a David <laughs> Um I'm totally carradine uh, So I, I saw my, uh, a couple days later I was out and I saw my barber,
0: mm-hmm. Dave,
1: who is a wicked cool guy. Uh, and I was like, I, I, I kind of like rock starred him. He was like sitting in a restaurant eating dinner. And I'm sitting there with my, my friend Aaliyah. And I, I lean over and I'm like, I think that's my barber. I totally think that's my barber. But I have such terrible facial recognition skills. Like I am abysmal. It's why I like people with tattoos because they're more easily identifiable. <laughs> Otherwise, I can't tell anybody from anybody else. It's weird. Um,
0: that's why I started dyeing my hair red.
1: So I handed her the phone. I'm like, tell me that's him. She's like, that's him. And I'm like, Dave, David, it's me. <laughs> it's me, Eric. <laughs> You cut my face. And he's like, he just looks up, sees me, and he gives me a hey. And I, I go back to, you know, eating. And he goes back to eating. And I'm like, that was totally him. That was him. That was, like, the guy. He did the thing to my face. Uh But, yeah, he's, he's a pretty cool dude. So, uh I would like to end this week's episode with a track by Norma Tanega, who... Yeah. Is Norma Tanega, you ask?
0: I did ask you that earlier.
1: Yes, you did. Ready? <clears throat> We're going to end this week with a track from Norman Tanega. Norma Tanega. Norman? Norma.
0: Okay. Norman? Yes, Mother.
1: <laughs> and the song is going to be very familiar for some of you who have seen uh, a movie recently called What We Do in the Shadows. It, this is the original. She was a camp counselor who was sort of discovered because she was writing all these folk songs in the mid-60s.
0: And then she got killed off by Jason Voorhees. It was so sad. It,
1: terrible. Yeah. Um, she was the lover of Dusty Springfield.
0: Very cool.
1: Which I thought was very strange, right? I have trouble finding... I'm having trouble finding an official release, Um. She kind of her career was kind of weird because a lot of people took her as her her song her t- song titles were clever, mm-hmm. and so people kind of thought that she was a novelty act.
0: Mm, gotcha.
1: So she kind of got screwed, I think, out of the posterity her that Richard she needed. Cheese, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, twenty years or thirty years <laughs> later, but yeah, uh, the song is called "You Are Dead." It was covered by a band that I can't remember the name of for "What We Do in the Shadows." Uh, here is the original. Please to enjoy and if you enjoyed hearing fear of a dark planet and you're glad that we're back you can head over to the facebook page yes you can you can head over to the twitter at
0: dark radio you can head
1: over to my instagram at the novel sound or you can email us at thenovelsound at gmail.com it's been a pleasure annie
0: see ya
2: Stand in the sun. There's too much work to be done. You're down, you're down, you're down, you're down and out of this world. Don't ever talk with your eyes. Be sure that you.